was going to bring to the church. It'll be a little different because I think this is a great preaching message that I'm going to kind of teach, uh, but it'll still be uh, food for your soul. So encouraging to, to me by that. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, pray and we'll just kind of get moving on our day. Father, we love you. And I'm grateful for the church that you get, you've given me to pastor, the people that you've given me to do life with, the, the love that they have for this church and the love that they have for you. And So, Father, I just pray that you encourage them today uh, through your word, through this uh, study, that they may recognize, um, I guess I'd call it, Father, an attitude that we need to rectify. Um, it's, it, 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 it's just something that catches all of us, and we need to be aware that it's there. And so help us with that, that we may live a joyful life in Christ. We love you so. In Jesus we pray. Amen. It's been a long time since I've done this. It was COVID last time we did these uh, just services with me talking into the cameras. <laughs> so give me some grace today. Uh, and if you would turn to the book of Jonah in the Old Testament, it's uh, right by Obadiah. And I'm sure you all know where Obadiah is. So once you get to Obadiah, turn right and you'll be there. Um, but the, the book of Jonah is uh, one of my favorite uh, books of the Bible. Uh, the story is intriguing. It's interesting. There's a lot of high excitement. There's a lot of uh, funny parts, I think. Uh, so my suggestion would be after we teach this today that you would go back and read it through. It's four chapters long. It's four short chapters long. And, and it ends really bluntly. And uh, I, I think you'll really enjoy it. But um, today we're in this series called Trust and Obey. And the song goes, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. That's your worship for the day. That's all you're going to get out of me today. But uh, it, the only way to be happy in Jesus is to really trust that God has the best life for us and, and to obey what he says. But sometimes we have this murmuring faith that comes with uh, obeying God. Um, we, we do it. But we're like that teenager. We, we'll do it, but we don't like it. And we're, we're going to have this attitude about it. Uh, so we sound like children murmuring to God, and we grumble about what God's asking us to do. And uh, it's not a good look on an adult Christian. Um, I, I think we do it in several ways, but there's two that I'm just going to bring out really quickly. One of them, we do that with giving. Uh, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 9, 7 through 8, each one of us must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. God wants us to be happy about being able to give to support uh, the needs of, of people and the ministry. Uh, and it goes on to say, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. So God wants to bless you with the right attitude, uh, when, especially when it comes to giving. I think we see it also within marriage where we might not like our current situation. Or we might be grumbling about the spouse that we believe that God gave us, which we probably chose without God's help, but that's, that's a whole other point. Uh, but 1 Corinthians, Paul says, I'm sorry, yeah, 1 Corinthians, Paul says uh, in chapter 7 and verse 13, he said, if any woman has a husband who is an unbeliever and he consents to live with her, she should not divorce him. This was something that was going on in the church of Corinth at the time. That if he was an unbeliever and she was a believer, they thought they can't be uh, unequally yoked so they would get divorced. Even if he was happy with staying with her. For the unbelieving husband is made holy because of his wife. 
and the unbelieving wife is made holy because of her husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but as it is, they are holy. But if the unbelieving partner separates, let him do so. In such cases, a brother and sister is not enslaved. God has called you to peace. And he goes on to say this. For how do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? And so we may not like the marital situation that we're in, but how do you know that your faith in Christ might actually be the, the catalyst to their faith in Christ? And if they get saved, it changes everything. And so there's so many other ways to obey God and not be happy in it, but we're, we're going to kind of move on to the next point. Because I want to examine this aspect of obedience, um, and we're going to look at it again through the story of Jonah. Uh, so let me give you a rough summary. I'm just going to just kind of go through the chapters, chapter 1, 2, 3, and 4. And uh, Jonah was a preacher who was commanded by God to preach the gospel to a people that were very ungodly. And Jonah wasn't happy about it. And part of his reluctance, history teaches that the Ninevites possibly had murdered or killed some of his relatives. So he didn't want them to be saved. He was troubled. He, he wanted the wrath of God to fall down upon them. Now Jonah didn't like the command, so he decided to go in the opposite direction. God said go to Nineveh. He goes and gets in a boat and goes another direction. He gets into a boat with some boys. And to turn Jonah around, God sends a storm. And I, I wrote several little notes to self. Note to self. If God wants you to do something, he's not opposed to throwing a storm your way to get, if, if you try to run away. So if you try to run away, God's not opposed to sending a storm your way to get you to turn around. So some of the things that we might be dealing with in our life might be the cause of us not obeying God. And we're running from what we know God is telling us to do. And we're going in the opposite direction. Now Jonah, knowing this, that because of him the boat is about to sink because of this storm, he jumps into action and says, throw me overboard uh, and save the boy, to save the boys in the boat. And a second note to self. Rather than turning around and going back and doing what God asks, Jonah is willing to end his own life rather than obey the word of God. You really got to not want to obey God to rather end your life than to do it. But he was opposed to ending the life of those who were innocent in the boat. So he wasn't opposed to his own life ending, but he was very opposed to ending the life of innocent people that were wrapped up in his storm. And that's the summary of chapter one, and then it goes into chapter two. So the end of chapter one, he gets thrown out of the boat, and, he, and a great fish swallows Jonah. And Jonah floats around in the ocean inside this great fish for three days. And in three days, he realizes life sucks so bad that he might as well repent and do what God asked him to do. So note to self, when you run from God, he'll send a great fish. And with a great fish, the, his responsibility is to protect you from yourself. Because Jonah wasn't doing himself any good. Sometimes disobeying God is not good for us. So he sends a great fish to swallow us to protect us from ourselves. i got to read my notes. Until you repent. So, so not, not to get eaten alive. But it's an uncomfortable experience. So when God sends someone to protect you from yourself, it's not comfortable. There's no freedom there. It's, it's, it's bondage and pain and suffering. Um, 
it doesn't last long, but it will last long enough until you say, I don't want to live this way anymore. Not I want to die, but I want to live and I'm going to trust God for that. So that's literally the end of chapter two. In the end of chapter two, going into chapter three, Jonah repents and he gets puked up on the beach. Again, not a positive experience. When that which God sends to protect you pukes you up on the beach, that's that's not positive, but it it gives you the chance to move forward in your life. Um, So Jonah then goes into the city and he preaches God's wrath upon these ungodly people that he hates. To which when the king hears it and others hear it, they fear God and they repent of their sin. And God relents of the disaster that he was going to do and save the sinners of the city from death. God, just note to self, God is not willing that any should perish. God wants to save all men. God wants to save us all. So it's important to recognize that God will send someone to preach the word to you because he wants to save you from yourself. And so we get to chapter four and I got to read the first part of chapter four because it's so good. So Jonah chapter four, verses one through three. But it just, so, so the, the people got saved and they repented and God changed his mind and didn't punish them. He saved them. And the Bible says, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew you were a gracious God and merciful and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. All the good things we talk about God and relenting from disaster. Therefore, O Lord, please take my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. That sounds kind of silly, doesn't it? I told you this was happen, happen. This is why I didn't want to obey you. I knew you're a gracious and merciful God. I knew that you were slow to anger and that you should abound in love. I knew you wouldn't destroy these. And so I just want to die. You're, I knew you were a good God. So I, just, I can't stand that you're such a good God. So just end my life. Sounds silly, doesn't it? So God says to Jonah, and this is an old term... A cultural term that I just like saying it because it's fun and it's true. But God says to Jonah, why so mad, bro? He's like, why are you so upset? And Jonah's still grumbling. Going out, he goes outside to the city and he waits for the people to, to go back to their old ways. So that God would destroy them. So he goes, he says, okay, they got saved today, but they're going to sin tomorrow. And God's going to deal with that tomorrow. Have you ever met somebody like that, a Christian like that, who is happy that you found God at the moment, but he knows they're just sitting back waiting for you to screw up. And that's kind of the attitude that Jonah had. So Jonah makes this little hut so that the sun wouldn't burn a hole through his head. And he waited for the hurt to come. So he's just, he's just watching to see when these people screw up, the wrath of God's going to come. It's going to be awesome. They're going to burn in, in a fiery f- furnace and they're all going to die. It's going to be great. Wrong attitude for a preacher, by the way, just so you know. Um, but God also sent a plant to provide Jonah with cooling. And so Jonah kind of falls in love with this plant because it provides him so much peace and so much uh, uh, comfort. So then the next day, God sends a worm to eat the plant so that the plant dies and goes away. And Jonah murmurs once again. He's like, so he's, now he's not mad. He's not happy because the plant died. And God says again to him, he says, why so mad, bro? And then he says, why do you love this plant more than people? Sometimes we love the things of this earth way more than we love the people that God sent us to. 
So note to self, God will bless you even when you're murmuring. Just know that. God is so good that even if you're a murmuring Christian, he will still try to love you. He'll still, still try to comfort you. He'll still try to encourage you. And the second note to self is, we generally love what makes our life easier, even if it's not obeying God. And so he fell in love with that which just made his life easier, that, that plant. And the story ends with Jonah not being happy. Like, it just goes into all this, the boat and the storm and the fish and the sea and the puke and the preaching and the presentation and the salvation of people. And then it just kind of ends with Jonah still being mad. It just ends. So remember from the song last week, trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. He obeyed, but he wasn't really trusting that it was the best thing to do. He was murmuring and complaining. And so there's a couple of thoughts that have been rolling through my head the last several weeks about this subject, which is why I didn't want the ice to stop me from sharing it with you. And I appreciate Angelo coming down uh, and helping me get the video online. Hopefully it's working. Otherwise, I'm just talking to a camera and this is... Oh, no, Angelo says it's working, so that's great. Um, it's clear to see that Jonah had a murmuring faith. Um, he did what he was told, but he wasn't happy about it. He, and he even tried to run from it. Um, but I was thinking about the people who are affected by the murmuring faith. Because people were impacted by Jonah's complaining, whining, murmuring faith. The boys in the boat, the fish in the sea, and the sinners in the city. So let's talk about the boys in the boat. They were just doing their job. They didn't ask for trouble to come into their life. But the moment that Jonah got into, his life, into their life, running from God, they got caught up in his storm. They were actually really good boys, because when the Storm came, they sought knowledge from their gods. They were false gods, but they still sought knowledge. They were trying to do the right thing by saying, help us, God. When they found out the storm was caused by Jonah, they did everything they could to get him back to shore. They rode and they rode and they rode and they tried. And they just got to a place where the storm was too strong for them. Listen, God, God won't let go of you until, he's, until you're ready to surrender. And when Jonah said, just throw me in the water, they reluctantly did so. They didn't want to do that they, because they believed that he was going to die. So they didn't want to do that. Jonah chapter 1 and verse 16 says, Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. The boys in the boat were innocent, but got caught up in the storm. What about the fish in the sea? I've never thought about the fish in the sea until this week, and I thought, or actually the last couple of weeks. The fish was just doing what fish do, swimming around, seeking something to eat, and then out of the blue dropped this person in his lap. And he eats that lunch, and for three days he tries to digest it, but it won't break down. In fact, it's given him a little bit of gas, a little stomachache. And it took him three days to pass that lunch, but he didn't pass it through the natural way. He had to puke it up to get rid of it. Because something tasted fishy. I know, I think I'm being funny. But the fish didn't ask for that. The fish was just doing what fish do. And he got caught up in Jonah's uh, disobedience to God. And what about the sinners in the city? 
They were just doing what they always do. They were doing what was best for themselves. They thought that's the way to do life. They were just being cultural people, uh, living according to the culture of their time. Their gods were false gods, and they had no real power to destroy it. But one day this guy shows up and says this, Jonah chapter 3 and verse 4. Jonah began to go into the city about a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. And they called for a fast and put sackcloth on, and from the greatest to the least of them. The sinners in the city were just doing what they did, but the preaching scared them straight. The people of Nineveh believed God, and the king of Nineveh issued a proclamation and published it, saying they're all going to repent of their sin. Jonah 3, 8 and 9 says, But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and let them all call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows, the king says. God may turn and relent and turn from the fierce anger so that we may not perish. And God, who is a God of love, did what God does. But they were just sinners doing what sinners do. They didn't know until the word of God was preached to them that they needed to repent. That they needed to repent. But once the word was preached to them, they repented. Jonah 3.10 says, When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he said he would do to them, and he did not do it. So God said, I'm going to punish you, but now you've repented, I'm going to save you. God wants to save those who want to repent from their sin. Now, why would you complain about that? That what you're doing for God is resulting in people coming to know Christ as their Savior, their sins are forgiven, they're repenting of their sin, and they're restoring their relationship with God. But then I thought about this. What if you're not Jonah? What if you're not Jonah, but you're the boys in the boat? And the person who's murmuring is bringing a storm into your home. Like, you didn't ask for this storm. Some of you are married to people who, because they're rebelling against God, a storm has come into your family, and you had nothing to do with it. It happens with your kids. You're just a kid. You don't know why, why you're this, there's a storm in your parents' marriage. And it might be because God's trying to get you to, them to obey God, but they just want to disobey. They want to rebel. They don't want to trust. They want to complain because they just don't like what's going on instead of trusting God. What if you're going about your business as a fish and the person who's murmuring is making you sick? Like you're just around a toxic person. That's what I feel like the, the, the fish was just, he swallowed this toxic person. And you're not asking for that toxicity but you're just with somebody who just won't obey God and they're complaining about what God's asking them to do and they're toxic, they're negative. They're negative about the church, they're negative about the Bible, they're negative about Christians, they're negative about whatever. They're just complaining and you're, you're caught up in their toxicity. What if you're the sinner in the city and you need to be saved? What if your role, your part is you've sinned against God and you need salvation? But the person who God sent you to speak is angry and bitter. Like, they're not telling you that God loves you. They're telling you that you're going to hell. Now, I've preached that a lot, but I've always hoped that I've tried to turn it from a standpoint of, you might be going to hell, but God wants to save you from it. But that's not what he preached. He preached, in 40 days, God's going to overthrow your nation. i got to look at my notes. What if your part in the story isn't the part of the preacher, but you're the boys in the boat who are just trying to help get the preacher where God's sending him? What if that's your part? 
You're just trying to help the, the person that God is leading to follow him, to obey him. You're just trying to help them get that way. You don't realize they're going the wrong direction. What if your part is to be the fish to protect the person who, until he repents of his sin and then you puke him up and he can go about fulfilling God's will. But your part is to protect. You're to watch over. You're to help. You're to keep them safe. You're to help them not hurt themselves. What if you're the part of the sinner in the city and your purpose is to hear and receive the word of God? Would you hear and receive the word of God? When he preaches, you repent. Not because of a fantastic sermon, because Jonah's sermon was nothing special. Interesting truth, as I thought about all this, this murmuring faith. The boys in the boat who almost lost their lives because of Jonah were not mad at Jonah. The fish in the sea who had to keep Jonah safe, but he made, it made him sick, was not mad at Jonah. The sinners in the city who were the reason for Jonah to preach were not mad at Jonah for what he said then why are we so mad when God asks us to tithe the support of church preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ? And why are we so mad when God asks us to love a husband or a spouse that's not trusting God, knowing the only way they might hear the word of God is if you trust and obey? Well, why do I got to trust and obey to, for them to be saved? Because that's the way that God sets marriage up. See, sometimes our murmuring will only make you mad. But I don't mean mad as in angry. I mean mad as in crazy. Because when I read this story of Jonah, it's crazy. Why wouldn't he want the people who had sinned against his family to be saved? Because if they got saved, they wouldn't hurt other people. Isn't it crazy that you'd be mad at God who saves the one who hurt you so that once they're saved, they won't hurt anyone else? Like if, if the person that hurt you as a child got saved, if they trusted Christ as their Savior and they were sincere and repented of their sin, they would never hurt another person. Why wouldn't we want that? Why would we grumble about that? If the spouse you're married to hasn't been a good spouse, if they got saved, they would have the Spirit of God indwelling them and they'd be able to be the best wife or the best husband they could be. Is it worth going through all the tough stuff to get to the, to get to the truth? See, we may not understand God, because I don't think Jonah understood God. But we do know we can trust him. You might not want to forgive that person that hurts you deeply. But what if it's your forgiveness in them that helps them obtain God's forgiveness for them? What if it's in your forgiveness that helps them see how God forgives? And one last thought. I think. Why do we make God go through so much? Because we won't obey. God asked Jonah, go to Nineveh, preach the message, the people will be saved. But Jonah runs from God, and God has to come up with a storm. And that storm impacted multiple people because Jonah wouldn't obey God. But God had to come up with a storm. God had to come up with the right size fish and make sure that he was in the right place at the right time. That never would have happened if Jonah just would have obeyed God. If he would have just gone to Nineveh. But he wouldn't go. He, he, he wouldn't repent. He just ran. 
So this fish that was minding his own business, just swimming in the ocean, had to be called by God to do something that he wasn't prepared to do. God had to grow a plant, send a worm to eat the plant, turn the heat up on the sun to burn a hole in Jonah's head. I mean, there's all these things that God had to do because Jonah just wouldn't obey God. Wouldn't it have been easier for God if we just trusted and obeyed? What if we just did what God asked us to do and didn't murmur and complain and run and fight and flee? It'd be so much easier. See, God's going to get what he needs done, done. He'll do it with you with a good attitude or he'll do it with you with a bad attitude, but he'll get it done. Wouldn't you rather have joy in serving God? Who better to preach that message of salvation to the people who hurt, who had hurt him the most? Who better to preach that message than Jonah? And so I thought to myself, how long are we going to drag our feet? You know something God's asking you to do. You know he's leading you to something. How long are you going to drag your feet? How long are you going to make it hard on others? How deep does God have to take you before you repent of a murmuring faith? See, God will save the people he sent you to. Why not be happy that he's sending you to do it? Why not be happy that you get to give to support the ministry that sees people trust Christ as their Savior? Why aren't you happy about maybe going through a difficult marriage, but that your faith, your faith, results in that person being saved? I am the man I am today because my wife fell in love with Jesus Christ. And I got so jealous of her love for Jesus Christ that I realized there must be something to this Jesus. And I began to seek him out. And I began to fall in love with him myself. And I am the man I am because my wife trusted God and didn't murmur that she had a messed up husband. She just murmured that she had a great and mighty God. She just, I'm not murmured. She just lived that she had a great and mighty God. One last thought. The hero of our story is Jesus. If we realize he's the opposite of Jonah. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5 says, Have this mind among yourselves. We're supposed to have this attitude, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus was sent to earth to preach salvation to us and then provide a way for us to be saved. And you will never find him murmuring. You'll never find him complaining. You'll never find him arguing with God. You'll never find him running from God. You'll never find him in a fish. You'll never find him in a boat. You'll never find him uh, uh, in, in, a, uh, in a spot where his hole's getting, a hole's getting burned in his head where he's just angry. There's no part of Jesus' story where he ends a, a point about Jesus where he's just sitting there being angry. He was a servant of God, though he is God, and he sacrificed himself for God for us. 
You'll never find Jesus causing God to do extra things because he won't obey. He just trusted God and obeyed. For there was no other way to be happy than to trust and obey. So for the Sunday school teacher, I thought about you guys this morning. Sometimes it's hard and you kind of grumble a little bit. You don't grumble to me, but sometimes we grumble because we got to teach children ministry. We can't be in the, in the main auditorium. And I'm telling you, God has sent you to a, a, a group of children who need to hear about Jesus' love, and he sent you to give them that love. Some of you who work in the foyer, and you have to stand out there and watch to keep us safe, or you have to open and close doors for people to just keep going in and out of the auditorium. And sometimes... You, you grumble a little bit because that's what you've got to do. But that's what God's called you to do, to make people feel comfortable so they might hear the word of God. I think of those who work in production or on the platform. Don't you realize you're giving the hearing of love to people who can't hear without it? And sometimes you grumble and complain. Well, I don't think my ministry is doing much. You have no idea what God's doing through what you're doing. Your job is to trust and obey and let God do his work through you. I have to remind myself as a preacher often that I might not like some of the things that God's asked me to do. Sometimes it's hard. But I know he sent me on a purpose that people might come to know Christ as their Savior. And it might not even be through my words. It might be through my words changed to his words and he takes them and does something greater with them than my words ever could. It might not be a great sermon. Like I said, with, with Jonah, he didn't preach a great sermon, but the whole city repented. It's not in the great sermon for me. It's in the work of the Holy Spirit through the people who are receiving him. So I have learned to trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy. I don't want to be Jonah. I don't want to get in a boat and take other people through a storm in my life. My kids don't need my storms. My wife doesn't need my storms. I don't want to get in the belly of a whale or a fish, great fish. Don't know if it was a whale or not. That's the picture in my childhood. But I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to put somebody in a position where they have to protect me from myself. I want to go preach the gospel so people will hear the love of Jesus Christ and will be transformed into believers, repenting of their sin. And God will relent of the wrath that he's promised that's what I really want and I really don't want to sit in a booth and wait for somebody to suffer and die because I just don't believe that they're worth being saved because I believe that everybody who God created is worthy of being saved from their sins Jesus didn't die just for me he died for all of us and so if I've got to go preach the gospel to some people that maybe I don't like I'm going to do it. Why? Because maybe God might save them and they might change their lives and change their ways and be the people that God created them to be. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. Before we end here, I wonder how many of you would be honest and say, I've been kind of grumbling lately. 
I've been grumbling because I had to read my Bible. I've been grumbling because I have to pray. I've been grumbling because I have to go to church. And today, I'm happy because I didn't have to go. I'm not saying you shouldn't enjoy yourself today because I really hope that you do. But sometimes we just start to grumble. We complain about the spouse that we've been given. We don't realize you're the one that might be the testimony that saves them. We grumble about our jobs. We don't like the job we have. Your job is just an end to a means. It allows you to support your family while moves you to support the ministry and allows you to serve God in the ministry. What if the guys at work need to hear the gospel or see the gospel lived out in you and you're the person that does that and you're just grumbling because you don't like the job? A job is work. Nobody likes work. But it is what it is. I just wonder. I just wonder how different our lives would be if we just stopped grumbling. And when God says, I want you to do this, we just do it. How different would our faith lives be? How different would our home lives be? How different would our families be? If we just trusted and obeyed and were happy in Jesus. Jonah wasn't happy. Don't let your story end like Jonah. Do the opposite of Jonah. Do what Jesus did. And trust and obey. I love you. I miss you. I can't wait for next week. Next week, we're going to talk about uh, something. I can't remember exactly what it is. Same theme, but I think it's a rebellious faith. So I hope you're all here so we can really talk about that. I want to encourage you today. If you need to repent of your complaining, or your murmuring, just go to God right after we get off offline and just get on your knees and say, God, forgive me. I'll do what you've asked me to do, and I'll be happy about it. And I'll promise you, you'll have a way happier faith life than what you're doing now. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, these people are trusting you and they're wanting to obey you, but sometimes, Father, we, we just get the wrong attitude. Reveal the truth of our attitude towards you right now. And help us to surrender our lives to what you've called us to. Because I think what you've called us to is greater than what we could ever imagine. And Father, whatever you've got us doing right now, help us to, to recognize that we're, if we're complaining about it, that we would repent of that. That every role and every responsibility that you give us is important to the kingdom. It may not be fun for us. It may not be what we want. But it is what you've called us to do. So give us the right spirit about your calling in our lives. We love you. We thank you, Lord God. Not, I don't want to thank you for this weather. I think there must be a necessity to it, but uh, I, I don't like it when we can't get together, so I'm looking forward to next week. Father, we pray that you are honored and glorified during this week, that we have a, a different spirit towards your, your kingdom. We love you. We thank you, and Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said, I hope you just said amen real loud in your house. Thank you guys for being online. Have a great afternoon. Please be safe. If you need something, let us know. We love you. God bless. Goodbye.